Well, today we're going to continue our series in the book of Haggai called Don't Stop Now. It's been so great over these last few weeks. I pray that God has been speaking to you and encouraging you. And today we're going to continue to dive into chapter two of the book of Haggai. And we're going to continue a message that I began last week called Momentum Killers. You know, momentum is an incredible thing. It's an accelerating ride. When we've got momentum behind us, it feels like anything can happen and it probably will. It's like being on a roller coaster. It's so exciting having momentum. And if we have momentum behind us, the Bible describes it as somebody being blessed, somebody being blessed and happy and fortunate and to be envied. It's amazing having momentum behind us. Maybe you've had it in your career, in your work life, in family life and it's especially exciting in our Christian life, in our walk with Jesus to have that holy momentum behind us. And I believe we're in that sort of season as a church. We're seeing people come to know Jesus, people growing in their faith. It's so exciting at this moment in time. Momentum is a powerful thing. But you know, there are things that can come into our lives that can derail that momentum, that can stop that momentum in our lives. And the enemy of our soul, Satan, he wants nothing more than to stop God moving in our lives. He hates seeing God blessing his church, blessing his people. Satan wants to bring about destruction and harm to your life, to our lives. And so he'll do anything he can to stop that momentum, to get us to lose that momentum. And we see that happening here in the book of Haggai in chapter 2. The people of God had been experiencing a season of momentum as they came back from captivity. They'd been in exile in Babylon and Work had stopped on rebuilding the temple. They'd stopped for 15 years. And, and we see the Haggai, the prophet of God, comes with a message from God to encourage the people and say, get back to work. God is moving. Don't stop now. But we see that the people of God, they were excited. God blesses them. God is with them. There's a revival. They have this fresh passion and the, this fresh love for the Lord. But all of a sudden, four weeks later, we pick up the story in chapter two and we see that the people of God, this, this momentum is coming to a standstill. It says this in Haggai 2 verse 1 to 3. Then on October the 17th of the same year, the Lord sent another message through the prophet Haggai. Say this to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Jeshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of God's people there in the land. Does anyone remember this house, this temple in its former splendor? How in comparison... Does it look to you now? It must seem like nothing at all. We see here that, that God had been moving in the hearts of his people. This work had stopped for 15 years, but now they were getting back to rebuilding the temple of God. And they were about a, at the halfway stage where all of a sudden the enemy comes in and introduces these momentum killers. These two weapons to stop and hinder the work of God and the people of God and these two weapons he still uses today to discourage us as followers of Jesus, to stop God's word from being spread, to stop the church from growing and moving forward, to stop the kingdom of God advancing. And we seen last week that the first momentum killer that he uses is distraction. He wants to distract us from the mission of God and what God is calling us to do. He wants you and I to take our eyes off Jesus and to stop look, start looking at everything and anything else around us and that's what the people of God did they began to look at the past instead of looking at the future they were comparing this present temple that they were building this place of worship they were comparing it to the temple of Solomon which had been destroyed because of the Babylonians and 
they were saying, look, it's not as great. It's nowhere near as great. It doesn't seem like anything at all. They were distracted. They were focused on the past. But you know, it's interesting. This momentum killer leads to another momentum killer, another weapon of the enemy. As the people of God were distracted and comparing themselves, caught in this comparison trap, it actually led to another weapon of the enemy being implemented here. And that second momentum killer, which we're going to look at today, is discouragement. You know, each and every one of us can be discouraged. Every one of us feel it as human beings. It's universal. And, you know, we all feel it. Even myself as a pastor, I felt it on many, many times in my own personal life, but also when it comes to spiritual things in this church and church life, I've become discouraged as well. And there's no doubt that you've been discouraged in your life at times as well. You may be even discouraged as you're watching this today, discouraged in your faith, discouraged because of a job situation, discouraged because of a situation in your home life, discouraged because of your health and the news you've received from the doctor, discouraged when you're looking at your bank accounts thinking, where's the next paycheck going to come from? Or discouraged because of all this happening, the horrific things that are happening in our world right now. You know, the Bible describes discouragement in this way in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 16. This is in the Amplified Version. It says this, it says, therefore we do not be dis become discouraged. Utterly spiritless, exhausted, and wearied, uh, wearied out through fear. You know, it's interesting there. That's what it feels like, doesn't it? To be discouraged, utterly spiritless, to lose heart, to be exhausted, to be tired or worn out because of fear. It's losing courage. That's what it means. It means to be robbed of courage. That's what discouragement is. And you might be wondering, how does that happen to us? How do we actually get discouraged? And what led the people of God there in Haggai 2 to become discouraged? Well, the first way that we can get discouraged is through exhaustion. You know, it's through becoming weary, through becoming tired. You know, when we become tired, when we become weary, that's when discouragement sets in. It's like our defenses are lowered, our bleakers, you know, are turned off. And it seems like everything is worse than it seems. And, you know, often this usually comes halfway through a project halfway through doing something you know we can begin doing something whether it's a task at work whether it's you know decorating your house or whatever it is you know we can become this excited at first of all it's so exciting just like I was at the start of this series and on vision Sunday it was so excited I couldn't wait to start sharing what God has laid on my heart but you know if I'm being honest we're just over the halfway point and there's been a few messages recently these last couple of messages where I've just become tired and felt a little bit discouraged and felt like stopping and giving up and changing my mind it can come at the halfway point and we see that here with the people of God they were at the halfway point of rebuilding the temple they were excited to begin with they had this fresh passion for the Lord fresh love for the Lord God was with them God was working in their midst they were going to rebuild the place of worship where everyone could come and worship God. But they're halfway through now and they become discouraged. I'm sure they were tired and they were worn out, especially after not working for 15 years. I'm sure they were feeling physically tired and drained and emotionally drained as well. And it was actually the same with Nehemiah in a few years time, which we, we might come on to as we continue to study these passages of scripture. But we see even when the people of God were rebuilding the walls there with Nehemiah, halfway through the, ta the task, they, they got tired and they got worn out. You know, that's when discouragement can kick in. 
when we're feeling tired. It, it, it makes everything seem a lot worse than it is. And maybe that's why you are uh, discouraged at this moment in time. You know, maybe you're feeling burnt out spiritually or maybe physically or mentally or whatever it is. Maybe you're feeling just worn out and that can bring discouragement in our lives. You know, the second way that we can become discouraged and another cause of discouragement is frustration. You know, it's when a task is unfinished and, you know, when that, that list goes, the to-do list becomes more and more, you know, we can feel overwhelmed in that natural sense and, and we can feel frustrated. It feels like we're not getting anywhere. We're not making any headway. You know, we want to accomplish that task. We want to get it all done. We want to get it finished, but it just doesn't seem like it's, there's no end in sight. We can get frustrated in those moments. And again, I'm sure the people of God were feeling frustrated in this moment after building, you know, for four weeks, it seemed like nothing to them. It, you know, the, the temple wasn't as good to them compared to the old temple. They were set and caught in that comparison trap. Haggai 2 verse 3 says this, does anyone remember this house, this temple in its former splendor? <coughs> How in comparison does it look to you now? It must seem like nothing at all. They were caught in a comparison trap and frustration set in. And it can set in with you and me when we look at all the jobs we need to do around the house, all the bills we need to pay, the work that needs to be done on the house, the work that we've got to carry out, the deadlines we've got to meet. Even for us as a church, you know, it, it might feel like we're not progressing as we, we'd like to. Or spiritually, you might find that in your walk with the Lord. You're just frustrated because you're not growing quickly enough or you're not understanding the Bible enough, or you're not spending that time with God, or you keep giving into that sin, we can become frustrated. And that's when discouragement can kick in. And the third uh, cause of discouragement is fear. You know, more often than not, this is the main cause, the root cause behind fear. You know, the fear of criticism, you know, what will people think, or the fear of responsibility, you know, what if I can't handle this? What if I can't do this? And the fear of failure, what if I blow it? You know, what if, what if I don't get it all done? And I'm sure the people of God felt like failures here, even in Haggai's time. You know, they were saying that Haggai brought this message to them from the Lord. And, and it's, it's, he says there in verse 3 that it seems like nothing at all. This temple they were building seemed like nothing at all compared to the other one. It doesn't seem like much now. That's what it says in the message version. And maybe you feel like that, a failure. Maybe you've messed up. You've, you've sinned. You've fallen short. You've You've hindered that work with the Lord. You've ruined a relationship. You know, maybe you've failed in your workplace. You've lost a job or failed in a family situation. Whatever it is, maybe you feel like a failure. A failure can lead to discouragement. You know, whether you're feeling discouraged right now or you're not, we all will at one point or another in our lives. And maybe right now you are feeling discouraged because of the, one of those three things. So you might be wondering today, you know, does God want us to continue to be discouraged or does God want to encourage us? Well, you know, I believe that God shows us here in Haggai 2 how we can overcome discouragement, how we can overcome this momentum killer, how we can defeat discouragement in our lives. And I believe there are three keys to defeating discouragement that we find here in Haggai 2 in verse 4 to 9. And this is what it says in, in the NLT version. It says, but now the Lord says, be strong as Zerubbabel's. Be strong, Jeshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people still left in the land, and now get to work. For I am with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. My spirit remains among you, just as I promised when you came out of Egypt. So don't be afraid. For this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. 
In just a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the oceans and the dry land. I will shake all the nations and the treasures of all the nations will be brought to this temple. I will fill this place with my glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And in this place, I will bring peace. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. We see here, we find in these few verses, the keys to overcoming discouragement, defeating discouragement, getting rid of this momentum killer within our lives. And the first key is to remember that God will help you and that he loves you. This is the first key. God will help you out of that discouragement. He will help you in whatever tasks you feel overwhelmed with right now. He can give you fresh energy, fresh passion to accomplish all you need to accomplish, but also spiritually as well. He can help you and he loves you and he is for you. Know today that just because you're discouraged or maybe even because you failed, know that he doesn't turn his back on you, but our God comes running towards us to help us. And I want to encourage you, be honest with him today. Speak to him today and ask him to help you. He loves you. He is for you. God says there to his people in verse 4 to 5 to be strong. He says to, to them to get back to work. He reminds them that he is with them, that his promise will come to pass. He encourages his people and this motivates our faith. And this is the first way we defeat discouragement is to remember God will help you. You have God Almighty, the maker of heavens and the earth on your side. He will bring you through. Just call upon him and remember he loves you. He's for you. If God is for you, who can be against you? He is for you today. The second key to overcoming discouragement is to resist the discouragement. Fight back. Begin to fight back. You know, Charles Stanley, Pastor Charles Stanley says the discouragement is a choice. Did you know you don't have to feel discouraged today? It's a choice. Discouragement is a choice. It's because you've allowed yourself to feel that way. You know, you don't have to feel like that. You don't have to focus on the failures, the frustrations, the fears. You don't have to focus on all those things. Instead, you can choose not to be discouraged that way. Nobody's forcing you to feel discouraged today. And I want to encourage you to fight back in spite of your feelings, in, fight, in spite of your circumstances. Know that that situation won't last forever. That those tough times won't last forever. That feeling of discouragement won't last forever. But be strong, as it says in Haggai 2 verse 4. The Lord says, be strong, you know, for I am with you. And I believe God wants to encourage you. Fight back, be strong. Take courage, as it says in other translations. Don't be discouraged, but take courage. Fight back. Stop feeling like that. Be in control of your emotions and know that God is with you. He will bring you through it. And finally, the third key to overcoming discouragement, defeating discouragement, to getting rid of this momentum killer within our lives and seeing that holy momentum again in our lives is begin to move towards the future. Look beyond the present at what is coming next. You know, when we begin to focus on the here and now, we can become discouraged. But, you know, when we begin to focus on who God is and focus our eyes on Jesus and all the incredible promises and the plans and purposes he has for our lives, it defeats that discouragement. It brings encouragement to our lives. And God wants to encourage his people here with Haggai. And I believe he wants to encourage you and me today to stop focusing on the here and now and the tough times and how difficult it was for the people then and how it wasn't anything like the temple of the past. And God wants to remind them of this promise, this incredible promise. And I'm going to read this from the message translation. And 
This is actually the promise of God to our church. Haggai 2 verse 6 to 9 says, This is what God of the angel army says. Before you know it, I will shake up sky and earth, ocean and fields, and I'll shake down all the godless nations. They'll bring bushels of wealth, and I will fill this temple with splendor. God of the angel army says so. I own the silver, I own the gold. Decree of God of the angel armies. And verse 9, this temple is going to end up far better than it started out. A glorious beginning, but an even more glorious finish. A place in which I will hand out wholeness and holiness. Decree of God of the angel armies. You know, as I shared in last week's message, don't let your memories of the past be greater and bigger than your dreams for the future. God has better things ahead. And God was encouraging his people, okay, the building might not look as great in the physical, but God is going to do great things in that place. And he was going to fill it with his glory. And that's an indication, Bible scholars say that there was an indication that Jesus, the Messiah, his glory was going to be there. Jesus would be in that temple one day. And he was going to bless his people with the silver, the gold. He was going to bless his people in incredibly, incredible ways. He says the future is going to be even greater than the past. It is an even more glorious future. And I believe that that is an encouragement to you and me. That is the word of the Lord to our church. But I believe it's not just to us as a collective group of people, but it's to us as individuals as well. I believe that God has an even more glorious future for you. Despite your past, God's got an incredible future for your life. Incredible promise for you. Keep moving towards it. Keep stepping into all that God has for you. Look forward, not behind you. And you know, I believe God wants to encourage us today as well. That not only do we have a glorious future here on earth, but there's a glorious future awaiting for us one day in heaven with our Savior for all of eternity. That place where there's no more pain, no more tears, no more hurt, no more sorrow, but a place of everlasting joy with our Savior forever. And I love what the Apostle Paul says about that in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16 to 18. He says, that's why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them all and will last forever. So don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our eyes and fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. I want to encourage you today. Keep your troubles in perspective and it'll help you persevere you know as we come to a conclusion today you know I want to encourage you God never causes us to be discouraged he may allow circumstances to come into our lives he's not the root cause of them but he may allow circumstances that are hard that are difficult to come into our lives but they're all part of a purpose in shaping us to become more like Jesus in encouraging us to turn to Jesus and depend on Jesus and know that God's ultimate purpose for our lives is for his for our good and for his glory. God is not the cause of discouragement, but he is the provider of the cure for discouragement. And so I want to encourage you today, stay close to him. Don't allow discouragement to defeat you today, but let's overcome this discouragement by being encouraged today. Know that God is for you, that he is with you. Know that God has an incredible plan for your life. Resist that discouragement in your life. Stay close to him and allow him to fill you with his peace let him speak to you, get into his word, let him encourage you. And I believe what God wants us to keep 
moving forward. There is holy momentum behind us as a church in the season. And I pray that we'll overcome these momentum killers. We'll know his momentum with us. And I pray you'll know his momentum behind you as you continue to know Jesus and follow him. So be encouraged today. Don't be discouraged, but be encouraged. God is for you. God's got a great plan and purpose for your life. And he has for this church as well. Amen.